Hi, I'm Kylie Roberts. And I'm Mel Womwell, and we are Shift Unlimited. We are both qualified executive coaches, coach supervisors, and trainers of NLP and coaching. The world is a volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous place. Every day we wake up to a new surprise. Uncertainty is chronic, instability is permanent, and disruption is common. This is the new normal. The game has changed. It's time to rip up the old rulebook. It's time to define success differently. A shift is happening. The shift is unlimited. We need leaders to live more purposeful lives and to lead more impactful businesses. In this podcast series, we will be doing a deeper dive into many facets of living and leading in this modern world, from founder to scale up, right through to leaders of global established organizations. We will explore how we can be more holistic and authentic as we connect more deeply with ourselves, our relationships with others, and the wider world. In this podcast series, we'll engage in conversation together on topics that support the modern leader. We have one wild, precious life to make change for good. And whilst change is daunting, so is staying the same. Let's begin. So in this podcast, again, we're going to explore all things coaching, NLP and leadership in specifically sensory acuity and how to use calibration. We have talked about our five senses, the sense of sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. The fact that body language is often unconscious. So in this podcast, we're going to explore sensory acuity, really honing our senses so that we can notice things about other people such that we can be more observant and and use the information we're gathering in an elegant way. So Kylie, did you want to start by just explaining what we mean by sensory acuity? Sensory acuity is the ability for us to use all of our senses, vision, our hearing, our feeling, taste, smell, all of it, to gather information around the outside world and also about the people we connect with. When I think of the term sensory acuity, what I think of is being acutely aware of our senses. So I think of, for myself, I think of being acutely aware of what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm tasting, what I'm smelling, what I'm feeling. Why is it important in how we lead, coach, and develop the talented people around us? So why is sensory acuity so important in that? Well, because we talked about the fact that people's behavior is the most important thing to pay attention to because our behavior is unconscious. It gives lots of communication. So the ability to observe small shifts and changes to someone's body language gives us just really valuable information about what's going on for them, what their map of the world is, their thoughts and feelings. Did you want to share a bit more about where this knowledge originates from, Kylie? In the 70s, the 80s and the 90s, there's a lot of research being done on body language. If you were around then, you might remember things like, if you cross your arms, you're definitely closed. And the thinking around that is quite different now. Researchers, as they were researching body language in the 70s, 80s and 90s, they used this to write books, lots of books about body language and, you know, what specific gestures meant. 
And now with this modern understanding, we know that this is a very generalized view that, you know, if somebody crosses their arms, it's quite generalizing of us to then assume that that definitely means they're closed. Could just be they're cold (laughs) or that's a comfortable position for their arms today. So sensory acuity allows us to be quite curious about body language and, and other things too that we'll talk about in this episode. But it allows us to be quite curious so that we don't generalize and that we can be more curious around how each of us, perhaps our coaches and the people in our teams, how we respond to situations and scenarios, because it's not true that we all respond to the situation or a scenario in the same way as each other. The research has evolved though, Mel, would you like to talk a bit more about how the research has evolved? Yes. So just building on what you said, Kylie, the research is saying there are things to pay attention to and be curious about, and it's good to avoid mind reading, just use the information as data. So there are six things we can use our senses to calibrate. The first one is skin color. So our skin color does change as we shift our mood. Sometimes when we feel very emotional about something, our skin change, skin can change and become darker as blood comes to the surface. Sometimes if we're frightened or cold or something happens, the color can leave the surface, so we go pale. So that's an example of one of the things that we can use our sensory acuity to observe. The person we're talking to, how is their skin changing and what might that mean for them specifically? Did you want to share the second one, Kylie? Yeah. Number two is skin tonus. We move the muscles in our face as we shift our emotions and thinking. So our muscles, they can be symmetrical or not. They may be relaxed, in which the skin is less shiny, or the muscles can be more taut, in which case the skin is more more shiny. So the tonus of the skin also indicates that something is going on beneath the surface of the skin. The third thing that we can Um, calibrate on in terms of sensory acuity is breath and breathing. Our breath does give away a lot about our state and our state changes. So when we're anxious, our breath can be quite shallow. So our throat or our chest only and can be quite fast. When we're calm and we're grounded, we tend to breathe more from our diaphragm down deep into our belly and a much slower breath rate. And so these are generalizations, but breath does change. So we can breathe fast or slow. We can breathe high in our body or low in our abdomen. And when we observe this in other people, we can also become quite curious around, you know, again, what might be going on for them beneath the surface of the skin. The next one is honing in more on the face so it's the person's lip size because our body language is unconscious we can do various different things with our mouths so we can purse our lips there are all sorts of things that we can do and and as we're thinking and processing we will use our lips as a part of our processing power so we can just be curious about what's shifting with regard to people's mouths and people say they had a slack jaw, they were open mouths about it, like uh, all sorts of different things that we can do with our mouths. And it's an indicator of our state. 
And then another aspect of the face, of course, is the eyes, which is look at the pupil size. So the pupil will be very dilated when we're relaxed and the pupil can become quite small if we're feeling quite tense. So there are things we can notice around people's eyes and not just their pupils as well, because we have this thing called the inacanthus, which is the little red dots right in the middle of our eye by the bridge of our nose. And you notice some people, when people say things that they don't quite agree with, then they'll kind of move their eyes and it hides the inacanthus. It's like a slightly shifting of the eyes and a closing of the eyes. So these are other things that we can just observe and be curious about. We can calibrate sensory acuity on everything that we see. So we can observe and calibrate on posture, how somebody holds their body. We can observe their hands. I don't know about you, but I've got a few people I know in my circle who have certain movements that they make to calm themselves or to soothe themselves. So there's a friend of mine who just strokes strokes their ear when they need calming down. So we can calibrate and observe these things and see that that might infer someone is in a particular state at a particular time. I know myself, I carry a lot of my tension when I have it in my shoulders, my neck and my shoulders love a good massage. <laughs> and sometimes I also feel that in my forehead as well, like just around my eyebrow center, I feel like I'm getting quite tight around my eyebrows. That's also where I carry my tension. So we can see that in people when we pay close attention to it. We can see it and experience it in ourselves, which is what it means to be acutely aware of our experiences in terms of sensory acuity. So how and with whom can we experiment with sensory acuity? Do you like to pick up on that, Mel? Yes, so we can use our sensory acuity all of the time in all sorts of situations and scenarios. And we've really only talked about the use of our eyes in this instance, observing. We can use our senses to listen for changes of tone in people's voices. There's the expression, it was so quiet you could have heard a pin drop. There's different things that we can sense and notice about what's going on around us. As we walk into a room full of people, we can notice the body languages of people in the room. When we're at home, we can look for shifts and changes. You can pretty much use sensory acuity anywhere. And it teaches us also to be very present to a situation, not lost in our heads. So sensory acuity is something that we will build on because we have to have good sensory acuity to build strong rapport with people. So we've talked about sensory acuity, what it is, the six things we can look at to calibrate and we'll build on this in other podcasts. Thank you very much for your time today. 